we've got you covered all season long. Welcome to the BCSN Nation podcast. All right, here it is. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 25 of the BCSN Nation Podcast, presented to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. You ready? Let's go, sports bar. I know that Mike's, makes Mike happy. Absolutely. I'm here with, of course, Mike Robinson, and this week we are bringing in the big guns. We got the man, Dion Thompson himself, yeah. filling in while Justin heads back from Italy. Stop we feel it. so sorry for him. Stop it, guys. Hey, it's an honor to be here with you, too. I've been watching the show uh, all all year, you guys been doing a great job. So so thanks for throwing me a bone finally. <laughs> hey, it's, it is our honor, our privilege, gentlemen. As the regular season gets wrapped up this week, we're also getting into some postseason play. My question for you guys today is: As the regular season wraps up, what are your thoughts? And would you have rather have an end of the season game that is a tough, a challenge for you, or something that maybe is a little bit lighter on the load to make make you you know settle down a little bit before postseason play starts? Dion, I, for for me, I honestly I don't I don't. You can make an argument for both, but depending on the personality of your team, you need a win, okay? Because you, you want to go in with some momentum into the postseason because that's when it counts. Now, conversely, if you do lose, you at least you can say, hey, you know what? We can scrap this. We got a whole new season we have to think about, and we got to get ready for it. Mike? Yeah, you know, I think Dion's correct. You know, um, I'm, I'm the kind of guy where if we're going into the postseason in that situation – I want to play against somebody hard because I want to challenge them at the end of the season and say, hey, you know, it's about to get real now. So let's go and see if we're ready to compete. Can we can we take everything we learned from the season and put it together? You know, um, so I would like to see my guys go out and play a tough game at the end of the season and maybe get knocked around a little bit so I can pick them back up. A little wake up call before the postseason starts. We've definitely got some of those coming up this weekend. We'll get into that. Obviously, other than that, on to those today's show, we've got our Sean's Irish Tavern Player of the Week our Renewal by Anderson Clip of the Week. We'll talk about some of the best players in each conference this season. And, of course, we'll preview our Game of the Week and so much more. Make sure you're here every Wednesday at 4 p.m. on BCSN, checking out a new episode of the BCSN Nation podcast, or go anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or if you're sitting at work, go over to bcsnnation.com slash podcast. Catch us over there. And make sure, you, make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms. That's at BCSN Sports across platforms, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Facebook. We are there. And we're going to start our Player of the Year conversations for our conferences in the TAC. We'll get some tax enrolling soon. And I think we'll start this one on the girls' side because something in me tells us we're going to have a pretty good consensus on who our Player of the Year is on the TAC side of the girls' conference. I might as well say one, two, three, and we all say it, but... Dion, who do you think? I mean, the, the obvious answer. It's the obvious answer. It's the obvious answer. I think everybody knows. It's been Kendall Braden. I mean, she's averaging almost 30 a game. There's nobody like her, you know, in the area, in that division. So I, I don't think anybody's going to question that pick. Uh, it's Kendall Braden. I, I don't know how you yeah. could. Do you have any difference to give me, Mike Rob? I don't I don't think you're going to. I'm going to say it's Kendall Braden's shot. jump shot. I mean, Kendall's that's jump shot specifically. We're going to break it down. Is her you jump like shot? The handles? Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's the handles, too, but we, it's, it's either her handles or her jump shot. You know, I, I'm going to go with her jump shot. So it's still okay. Kendall Braden. Yeah, yeah. pretty. Is, she, she's put work in. You know, you, you watch. She's been working ever since she was a, a kid, you know, putting the work in, putting the time in. And then she's going to the University of Toledo where I think she's going to have a great career. Mm-hmm. But that's the consensus. I don't think anybody will, will be mad or be. 
texting us after you know. Yeah, the I don't shot. think we'll get hate mail for that one. <laughs> so I think on the guy's side, there's a little more competition when you look mm-hmm. at the stats, you look at how everybody's lined up, and you look at how do you value whether it's the best team in the conference or do you value who straight up the best player is going to be. You've got Nate Miles, obviously, almost 26 points a game, nine rebounds. You've got Kalan Butler on the league leading TC team, or you've got CJ Majors averaging 19 and eight and almost 11 rebounds per game as well. Who? Who is it that you value as the player of the year for the guy's side of the tack? Mike, we'll start with you. Well, you know what? It's politics as usual. Uh-oh. Politics as usual, as I'd Here say. Here comes the hate mail. Uh, hate mail, bring it on. You, know? <laughs> you, see my, you see my Twitter tag on in there. Go ahead and send us something right to it. Um, and, and don't send it from a burner. Send it from your real account. Say it um, with your chest. Say it with your chest. You know, um, the main thing is I believe that, you know, when you're looking at this list here, obviously Butler – he has the better team around him, right? You know, when you look at uh, the tech, and obviously they beat, you know, Emmanuel Christian. But as a sophomore, Nate Miles, in my opinion, he's the best player in his league, up and down. You know, um, obviously you can make a note for CJ Major. He had a great season so far, but I, I truly believe that is Miles and uh, his ability to play the game the way he does, and he's going to continue to grow and get better. And and also he's the most recruitable kid that I think in that league. You know, um, you look at some of the other guys that could potentially be brought up in that list. I don't see anybody else with Division One offers or being able to go play at that next level to make them, you know, stand out to be the, you know, player of the league. Now, there are some guys who are really good role players that help their team be successful, but I think that the best individual player is him. Dion, you got any argument elsewise? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm arguing a little bit. I, I do agree with you what you said about Kaylon Butler, uh, but he's on an outstanding team. You got three other guys that are averaging double figures. Yeah. So one of the ways I look at it is, okay, if I take this guy off this team, how right. effective are they? I think if you take Nate Miles away, there's no question they're not they're not the team they are. You take Kaylon Butler off, which we saw with Kanye Gaston, who mm-hmm. I thought was a very similar player last year. He didn't play. And Toledo Christian was still very effective. You got Xander Hessen. You got Carter Kester. He has a great supporting cast around him. Now, we don't want to penalize him for that, but I think when you're talking about, to me, the player that stands out the most, it, it has to be Nate Miles. I mean, he's only a sophomore, 6'6", six, six, and it's how he does it. He does it on the inside. He does it on the outside. He is clearly at the top of everybody's scouting report. It's not taking anything away from C.J. Majors, but I think Nate Miles is, uh, is a little bit different. I think that's that's kind of where I'm standing too. I think you said if you take this guy off the team, it is straight up just a different team. If you are Emmanuel Christian, and so we've we've decided we got Nate Miles, Kendall Braden, or those are our two players for the Tech. We're gonna move on to somebody who's just straight up our player of the week, and that for that we're gonna head to Northview. All right, our Sean's Irish Tavern Player of the Week this week, like I said, at Northview is Jackson Clausius. Jackson Clutchius at the end of the <laughs> Southview-Northview matchup gets the game-winning bucket with like 4.2 seconds left off a little tip-in shot, handed their cross-city rivals a loss. Their first loss, I believe, in the Cardinal Division this season. Shout-out Jackson Clausius. He's our final uh, Sean's Irish Tavern Player of the Week winner. Clutch moment for Clausius, clutch moment for Northview at the end of that game. Was there anything you saw in in his play or just in that play period in general that really stuck out for you, Mike? Well, you know, just being clutch. I mean, it's, it's something that you either have or you don't, and also it comes with being a little bit lucky. But the one thing about luck is I really don't believe in luck. I feel like the harder you work, the luckier you get. And, you know, and those are things that he's done. You know, he's taken those shots before, and he's trusted his teammates to to be able to have the confidence in him to to make that opportunity 
happen for his team. So we know Southview, Northview is this huge in-town rivalry, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, swimming, what it could be it could be table tennis. They're going to compete to the top level, but uh that that battle right there and to be able to pull that victory off, I think that, you know, he deserves all the player of the week awards. Yeah, and he talks about Mike just mentioned it's not always about being in the being luck, right? You have to work yourself, be in the right place at the right time. Jackson Colossus did exactly that. You got to look at it because I think it was Barneski that missed a shot. Yep. And, Pulls up and, the jumper. And, yeah, and, and he's the best player on that team. But you saw with Colossus, he stayed with it. The tip in, to me, that's just wanting a little bit more. And you want a little bit more in that play. And, and you saw the result of it. And, and it's always a big rivalry game. It was a great crowd. You know, Rhett loves the student section. We had a huge student section out there. But I think he was well deserving of this award. Absolutely. Clutch performance in the final moments of a huge divisional matchup. Get a win over your cross city rivals. Shout out Jackson Clausius, our Sean's Irish Tavern player of the week, our final Sean's Irish Tavern player of the week of this season. And now we're going to get into the big conference. All right. We're going to go NLL, our player of the year picks. I think we're going to have some arguments back and forth here, a little bit less than in the tack. I'll start with where I think we're going to have the least argument. And that's the guy's side of the Cardinal division. I feel like, again, this is another one where we're going to have a pretty consensus pick on who our player of the year is for the boys' side of the Cardinal division. Mike, we'll have you go first. Who's your player of the year on the boys' side of NLL Cardinal? Y'all want to say it with me? One, two, three, Micah Bays. Get to Bays. I I disagree. You can disagree. Here we go. I'm I'm ready for this. I'm 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 going to make my argument here. I think that um, every time I've watched Micah Bays, you know, um, obviously – He's clearly the best player on this team. You know, he has to shoulder the load. If he doesn't shoulder the load, they're really going to struggle. And I feel like that's the same kind of statement that you make with Nate Miles as well, with Emmanuel Christian. Um, but I, I feel like Micah Bays, you know, um, he earned the respect uh, throughout the season. He's always consistent. And I think that that plays a part in it, you know. But I'm, I'm interested to hearing what, what yeah, the yeah, basketball we, I the Dion had to say. I'm going to ask you guys a quick question. What do you think the stronger side, the Buckeye division or the uh, Cardinal side? I would. I think we would both say the Buckeye yeah. side, yeah. Right. So the Buckeye side, and and in my opinion, you got to go with Javante Hill, and I'll tell you why. On the Buckeye side, yeah. Who's your On Cardinal, Cardinal, Cardinal oh, side? Okay, That's got to be Michael, right? I, I, oh yeah, I thought we were talking okay. about yeah, no, we'll NL. Oh, no, no, Cardinal you can side. kick us off. You can kick us oh, off. No, on the Buckeye no, side. no. Give me I'm, I'm agree with you, in Michael Bays. Now, okay, I, okay. See, I'm, I'm looking down the list. The whole I, NLL. I'm looking at the whole NLL. See, you guys are trying to break it up. Okay, hey, okay. We want to go oh, just one straight there. one. Oh, oh, okay, my, my, hey, Micah Bays, you'll get no argument. I think Mike is very smooth. I think he's done a great job, especially being with a new coach yes. this year. I mean, I no argument. I thought we were talking about the NLL, so I'm, can, I'm sorry. You, I you already tipped us off. Dion, you are free. Start us but, off. But can I go, yeah, can go, I go to the Buckeye? Please, because okay. I agree with you already. I, okay, now, and this isn't taking anything away from Antoine West, okay? But this is the way I looked at it, okay? I looked at, first of all, Who's leading their team? Okay, you could say both. Okay, yeah, Antoine sure. West, Javante Hill. Now, to me, this is where it gets where you gotta gotta delineate. Now, when they went head to head, I'm on okay, the same page. I'm ready. Javante Hill averaged like 20 points each mm-hmm. time. Okay, Antoine West, I don't think he got to double figures. Not once. 17 combined and, and, in both and, matchups. Right. So you look at it that way, and then they were beat by double figures each game. Now, I know what some people are gonna say. They're gonna say, "Well, Antoine West, he's he's more highly touted and." and Hey, you won't get the argument here, but oh, we're right. talking about a team that wasn't picked to win the division. Production. We all know. We all know Whitmer on paper loaded, okay? And Javante Hill, each game, to me, he showed up. You take him off that team, they're not the same group of guys. What he did against Ottawa Glandorf and Ohio State recruit, he had 30. So if you're going to tell me that this guy doesn't deserve the player of the year beating – 
the consensus best team, you know, all year round. I mean, I, I just find it hard to make an argument for him not being player of the year. Mike Rob, I know you're on the same page. What's yeah. your what's your talk for it? There's no argument because Javante Hill is that guy. I mean, he he showed up in the big time moments. Big time players do that. And the one thing that I got to put on there is that he played football. He's tough. You go out there and watch him on that basketball court. He had a couple he, highlights on the gridiron. Oh, yeah, definitely. He, he is. And the thing is, and I think when you get basketball players that play football, they have a different respect for the game. They come out with a different mentality. They play toughness. They don't play this finesse type of style of basketball. They aggressive and they attack the rim and they do the things that you want. He gets rebounds. He gets buckets. But he does it, you know, um, fearlessly. I actually just saw a clip and I tagged you in it with Tyson Anderson, yep. uh, Duncan, and it was Deion calling call like, "Hey, he's more than a football player." <laughs> That's how I feel about Javante Hill. Like he is a dominant specimen. And then Antoine West, like I said, taking nothing away from him, yeah. he didn't step up in the big time moments, which I feel like took him out of contention for this, especially when it came against playing against Finley. Yeah, I think we we can stand here and say that Antoine West is the better Division One prospect of the two of no those. Question. He's got the looks yes. coming in. We know where all those are coming from. But when you go head-to-head, I think you can't argue that it was Javante Hill, right? He was the leader and the catalyst for those teams. You talk about the physicality. That's kind of Finley's M.O. Yeah. And yes. he brings part of that along with, obviously, Ryan Montgomery and the other players on that team. But Javante Hill, I think, obviously, is our pick for the Buckeye Player of the Year. The girls' side, I think, or the NLL is, is pretty easy to decide between the two, right? We've got Elise Bender already voted the NLL player of the year. And then Destiny Robinson for the Cardinal side, Fremont Ross, Elise Bender setting all kinds of records in Anthony Wayne history. And she's still got more time to play, which is we've talked about that earlier in the season on this podcast. Insane shout out. We'll say Javante Hill, Micah Bay's on the boys side, Elise Bender, Destiny Robinson on the girls side. No arguments on that side on the girls. No, I, I, I think have we're zero good. arguments yeah. on that. I mean, at least a bit, their team has a chance to go down to the state. Yeah, right? and, and and yeah that Anthony Wayne team is loaded. We know it. The job that she's done, you know, for Fremont, and she's going to be another player that plays at the University of Toledo. Yep. So, no, I zero arguments. And Coach Cullop doing pretty well when she's pulling in two of our Player of the Year picks on the BCSN Nation podcast. And now we'll go from our Player <laughs> of the Years to our Clip of the Week brought to you by Renewal by Anderson. Right, our clip of the week this week, we're heading across all sports. We're talking about Javante oh, Hill and yeah. his football skills. We're on the basketball court. Now we're going over to the ice. This is Clay and Northview in the regional semis last week for quarterfinals. Mm. Northview, the reigning quarterfinal champions or regional champions from last year. Clay pulling the upset. We're in OT on a power play. Xander Kurt gets the pass, slings one in. Mm. Game. He said, game. We're in OT. I don't need it. We're going home. We're going home with the upset. Clay, a huge win. They're having a great season, undefeated in their conference for hockey this season, pulling the upset. They're the eighth seed over Northview's four seed. And that, I mean, what else do you say other than I call game? You know what? The whole, in, or shouts out to Oregon because what they're doing, basketball, they used to just be a wrestling school. Let's be honest, it was wrestling yep. and girls. Yeah, I got sports. no problem with that one. And now what they're doing in hockey, as you see here, what they're doing on the basketball court, with the, this has been a great, great time for those guys out there. Yeah, they're filling in all the seats everywhere. It was mm-hmm. tough for them. The kids had to decide if they wanted to go watch a hockey game or if they wanted to go to the basketball game last Friday. They had to divvy up, pick, draw straws, who was going where, I think. Clay obviously wins this one, one nothing. Their first white division team since 2016 to reach the district semifinals. Shout out to Clay, Xander, Kurt, getting that pass from Grady Minnick for the game winner last weekend. And now, if you want to see more clips just like this one, make sure you head over to our TikTok. That's at BCSN Sports. We post daily clips, all the best highlights from the area. Every sport, we got hockey on there. We got 
I'm going to throw some wrestling at you, so stay tuned. Make sure you refresh oh, yeah. your For You page. I got a little bit of that to throw for you. Make sure you help us get to 10,000 followers. Now, we do not have a Unison student section of the week this week because we're getting you all ready. We're getting you all amped up for our student section of this season, so make sure you're sending us your stuff, hashtag SSOTW, to stay in the running for our Unison student section of the season. And now we're going to move to the City League. I know Mike's super excited. It's his favorite place to go. We'll start with the girls' side, all right? We've got, I think, two from the same team are probably my two top picks, or you go to start for the backup. Who is your player of the season for the City League on the girls' side? We'll start Dion. I don't think you can argue. It's got to be Bria Jefferson. Yeah, it's tough to argue anywhere else, right? I mean, 5-5, five, five, and, and look what she's done towards the end of the season. She's another one averaging almost 30 a clip. And, and we just talked about Elise Bender and Anthony Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. Which team do you think in the area played them the best? It was Rodgers. It was Rodgers, yeah. They only lost and, by and seven points. And who helped points. them get there? Bree, yes. 43, so, right? So, so I don't think you can argue her. She's been outstanding, and uh, yeah, I, I got to go with her. Uh, yeah, it's the same, you know, um, and, and, and watching her, watching a couple of games and, and just how dominant she was in the City League uh, tournament and just saying it, it just looks easy out there for her. And, and, and when anybody can go go out and play a sport and make it look easy, Dion I can tell you play at the high level, it's not easy. And if you can make it look easy, that's because you put the work in. And so Rodgers, they've been dominant for year after year. On the girls' side, they've had some ups and downs, but – they continuously ch- continue to churn out ex- yes. excellent point guards and ball handlers, and, and that's a credit to their coaching staff. Yeah, I think my, my secondary shout-out for that for this would be Naira Clark. Obviously, almost 16 points, 12.5 boards a game. Also, for Rodgers, a big reason why they were your city champs on the girls' side. So we'll hop to yeah, the can, boys' can side. Can we shout-out Kamora Sylvester? I was, it, that was my third pick. I think if there's another person to give it to, it's Sylvester at start. I mean, you think about it. Stepping it, into a huge role, right? Exactly. The top player goes out. And she she stepped up big time, you yeah, know, and, absolutely. and she was another player we didn't talk about at the beginning of the year a lot. But I thought she stepped up and did a great job for yeah, start. It's, it's tough for start, right? Because you look at the what could have been if Sylvester was able to play like that. And if Sanai had been healthy, yes. that team would have been deadly. And they already got themselves a city league championship. So shout out start. Shout out Sylvester. Great season for her as well. We'll go to the boys side where I think we might have a little more argument on who's going to be our player of the year. Mike, I'll let you get rolling. I got a feeling I know where you're going to go, but I want to hear it. All right. Well, you know, um. This is probably one of the tougher ones, you know, and, and, and it's and it's uh, again politics as usual. Hate mail, send it to the, the Twitter account at the bottom. That is um, at Coach underscore Mike yeah, Rob. Yeah, Coach underscore Mike Rob. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, and remember, no burner accounts. All right, say it with your chest. Um, Talking to you, Kevin it's Durant. It's tough. It's very tough to make this decision. I thought about this. I debated about it. And and you 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 talk about the point that Dion make. You take one player off the team. Mm-hmm. What is that team? You look at Scott. You take Daryl Barnett off. I don't know that they're the same basketball team. But on the flip side, you look at Lima Senior mm-hmm. and you look at Foster and you take that super freshman off. You cannot discount him because he's a freshman. Absolutely. You cannot. And I feel like that's happened in the past with like a Jerry Easter at times. You know, like, oh, he's got freshman. He's got time to get that right. award later years. You know, um, as much as I love Daryl Barnett, and I think that he's a super athlete, I do think it's, it's Foster who is the player of the league because they won the title. Right. They've dominated their competition. They played a lot of tough competition. And uh, and I think it's it's a toss-up. I wouldn't be upset if Daryl Barnett got it. But I think Foster is the is the player of the year, in my opinion. Got a rebuttal? Oh, man. See, you're not making this fun, Mike. I, I like Foster a lot, and I do agree with what you said about the freshman. And, and – there are a lot of people saying he's been the best freshman since we've seen Xavier. I've seen athleticism, you know, uh, and, and to play point guard as a freshman, 
to lead his team to the city, to come into our city and actually win it is outstanding. And you talk about upside. You talk about a guy that has yeah. so much potential, and he's very poised beyond his years. You know, sometimes when you look at a kid that comes from eighth grade playing high school, the game is so much faster, right. particularly if you're going from varsity, you know, from eighth grade to varsity. Mm-hmm. To me, he's made that, ab- that adaptation, excuse me. And, uh, you know, shouts out to Coach Q and Lyman. It's not taking away anything from Daryl Barnett. I think Daryl Barnett is, to me, he's like a Javante Hill. You know, yeah. football guy, loves hoop, and just a winner. He's a competitor. Yes. So you get those two mixed in, very hard to beat. But I got to go with Foster and Lima Sr., guys. Yeah, I agree. I think Foster is the yeah. guy because you look at all the injuries that Lima Sr. had. And we're yeah. talking about them being a, a team that's hot at the right time, and they're getting really good. But if you take Sean Foster off that team and stack that with all the other injuries they had, I don't think they're your City League champions. I don't think they're a team that you don't want to touch right now in the playoffs like they are. So Sean Foster, I think, easy for our pick for the guy's side. Bria Jefferson for the girl's side. And now we'll get into what's going on this Friday. Our brought to you by Dunn Chevy in Oregon Game of the Week. All right, I alluded to it last week. We've got a theme that's been forming in our Games of the Week. It's another rematch. This week we've got number two in the state, Toledo Christian, hosting number four, Emmanuel. They get a second game of the week in a row. This is, again, a rematch. January 19th, EC falls to Toledo Christian, their only tack loss of the season for Emmanuel. How does the rematch stack up? How are things going to be different, or how are they going to be the same, Dion? All right, no, we didn't pissed off Kaylon Butler, all right? Yep. This season, watch this, he's going to win. I think Toledo Christian, I've been saying this, if you guys have been watching Friday, they've been the hottest team for the last three, four weeks, okay? Um, to me, I, I think that they're unstoppable at this point because here's the thing. And it's not taking away anything from Emmanuel. Obviously, you know, Brown, outstanding player, Miles. But they have to do too much. I mean, they got to score almost 60 points yeah, right. a game. So we talk about Butler. We talked about Gaston. But what about Carter Kester? Yeah. The, the lone right. junior who played in the big game a couple years ago and, and knocked off Emmanuel when they were loaded. Okay. And then you got Xander Hessen. Here's a guy, 6'6". We don't talk about him much. But he's shooting almost 50% from the three. Right. Like, you're not going to find four guys off in one night, okay? And, and what if Nate Miles gets in foul trouble? Because we've seen it happen before. Right, right. I think Maumee Valley did a good job of getting in yep. foul trouble. So if you get one of those two guys, if they're not on, it could be a long night for them. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, I think it is a it's a tough challenge. And then also you you got to factor in coaching, right? So you look at coaching and, you know, you take nothing away from Coach Said. You know, he's a great young coach, mm-hmm. you know, but when you get out there and you go with the veterans, it, it's tough. And, and and just to make a comparison to football, because that's what I do, you know, you look at like Coach Dempsey, a guy that's been coaching for as long as he's been coaching, and then you take another a new coach, you know, who's only been coaching for a few years. He's got a lot of tricks in the bag. You know, he's been through a lot of the situations, and that's the same thing that you're seeing at Toledo Christian. Right. This is a coach that's played in these big games. Right. We've been there, done play, that. Been there, been a part of it. And, and as a young coach, you got to take those lumps and bumps so you can learn how to get over those next humps. I've been through it, you know, when I was coaching, you know. So the big thing here is can we see Nate Miles drop 50? Because that's mm-hmm. what he's going to have to do. Yes. Can you see that's... Brown step up and drop 30. Another 30 That's himself, what they're right. going to have to do, and then they're going to need their support and cast to really step up in the bench as well. And it's too much to overcome, but at the same time, it's not that it can't be done. It's just unlikely. I think I think if you are Emmanuel, honestly, you want to keep the score. If you can keep the score 50 or lower, even though that's not who they are, 
I think you have a better chance because you have to give your guys some rest too. Because yeah. we saw Toledo Christian, they're going to get up, uh, get up and down in transition. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're going to press you a lot. They try to wear you down, and your complimentary players have to step up huge. I agree with you. We know what you're going to get out of Nate. You know we're going to yeah. get out of Brown, but can the complimentary guys can they step up when it's their time? I think the big thing I think for this matchup is. Nate Miles doesn't get a lot of guys in the tack that are 6'6 and willing to go with him. Xander Hessen is that. Xander Hessen yes. is not going to shy away from contact if you want to come down to the paint. He's also not scared to step out and guard you or hit a three for himself. You talk about mm-hmm. three-point percentage he shoots, and you said Toledo Christian, four guys averaging over 11 points. Kalan Butler, 18. Kester, 16. Gaston, 14. And you got Xander Hessen, almost 12 points a game. They, the, the depth is what feels like the major difference in here, and we know we're going to get 50, potentially 60 out of Jalen Brown and Nate Miles, but where else? Can somebody else tack in, you know, 12, 14 points? Because that's going to be the difference. It was a, what, a five-point game last time, and those, you know, six, eight points from your bench guys is really what differentiates the win or loss, especially in a game that is going to decide who wins the tack title. This is the tack title game. Yeah, and I'm not even sure if this is senior night there, if this is their last home game, because if it is, it's just much more yeah, added on to out. it because you got to go over to Toledo Christian. Oh, yeah, they already there. beat you at home. You know, now you got to go on a road and do it. So this is this is a huge game. So I would say the underdogs is a manual, you know, and 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 if and if Nate Miles can come out and do something crazy, that'd be the only way I can see them winning. But it it is going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot for them to overcome it. But I do see this being a, a a six point game. Yeah, I can't see I can't see the spread being much. Now we're giving bulletin board material. We said we already gave it to Kalon. Now we're giving it to, to EC. So we're gonna pump everybody we up. Want make a sure good that, game. Exactly. We're gonna get everybody fired up so we got the best game possible Friday night. You can check this one out, 7 15 PM. Go to the BCSN app, check it out. Obviously, we'll be checking in plenty all night on Game Day Nation over on the NLL network this week because the wall are at home. We'll get more into that and what to expect Friday night, what else is going on. But now, as we've done every week for the last few weeks, we're gonna check out one of our top 20 female athletes of the last 20 years in the BCSN era. And this time we're going to start, we're going to talk about Asia Bishop, one of the best female basketball players I think any of us can agree we've seen in the area over the last 20 years especially. She was a number 34 prospect in the country when she came out according to ESPN and the number three post player in her class coming out. Obviously led start to two city league titles in her three years, an 80 and 15 record for Asia Bishop while she was at start, which is an insane wow. mark to match. Her senior season, 16.5 points a game, 8.5 boards, 3.8 blocks a game. She was a Blade Player of the Year, All-City, All-District, obviously All-Ohio. From there, she goes to the University of Kentucky, heads down to Lexington. She played in 134 career games for the Wildcats. That was fourth all-time when she left. She's fourth at the time in Kentucky history in blocks, 152. She was ninth all-time in blocks per game with almost 1.2. Five career triple doubles in her time with the Wildcats. Over 500 career boards for Asia while she's down there. Senior season, she was third in the SEC with almost 1.8 blocks per game. After she leaves Kentucky, she goes, plays a little bit of basketball over in Australia professionally for uh, the Australia State League Hume in 2019. She averaged 11.5, 6.3 boards, and 1.3 blocks per game in her time there. Deanna, is there a memory of watching Asia play that you remember from her time at start? Listen, first of all, that's star team now. It wasn't just Asia. She was low. Oh, they were good. But, but we have to talk about Asia. Now, what, what made her great, okay, and a lot of people don't understand this when you talk about big people, okay? the way she can get up and down the floor. She okay? moved, right. She could, she could beat anybody down the floor. She would get layup after layup. A lot of times you see people who are, you know, her size, 6'3", and they just don't have the agility and mobility and the ability to make layups. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know we think it's a given, but if you watch the girls game, there's a lot of missed layups. Okay. Mm-hmm. She didn't miss a lot of layups. 
and and I think it attributed to her success. And you're right, her length, she knew how to play defense. Uh, she was just a great athlete. So I remember those those games when she was around when Wade played, and it was great. Kudos, Asia Bishop, one of our 20 best female athletes of the last 20 years here in the BCSN era. Put that picture back up. Hey, we're going to pull up the graphic (laughs) is what we're going to do. We're going to show you what to expect this Friday aside from our game of the week. Let's see that thing. Come on, Cisco. I believe in you. There it is. All right, we've got boys basketball. We talked about our game of the week, right? Toledo Christian hosting Emmanuel. We've got Perrysburg and Finley, a huge one in the NLL Buckeye. Finley can conceal the deal on a Buckeye division title with that win. Napoleon at Clay. We talked about the resurgence of Clay basketball over the last couple of weeks here. We've got start at Whitmer, the battle for Tremainsville, a huge one, 7.15 p.m. on the BCSN app. Northview and Anthony Wayne. Anthony Wayne got a big win over Perrysburg last night, not to mention Perrysburg. Coach Boyce looking for win number 600 in his career in that one. Cardinal Stritch at Northwood. And then, of course, high school hockey. We've got the regional semifinals, 6 p.m. on the BCSN app. We've got everything you need for a Friday night. And don't forget to check all of it out on BCSN Game Day Nation. Mike Rob, I see you pointing. What you got? I got a question. So with this Perrysburg-Finley game, yeah, yeah, yeah. what happens if Perrysburg wins? we got a three-way tie or two-way tie in the top, right? Whitmer and Whitmer and Finley. But Finley, I assume, gets the tiebreaker with the two head-to-head wins over okay. Whitmer. So I would assume I would think. that would make okay. Finley right to the NLL okay. Buckeye. So it seems like they got a win-win, right? It doesn't matter. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe maybe they give Coach Boyce a gift of his 600th win. On I don't think road? that's going to happen. That's tough. I don't Finley, think, I don't think Coach Rucky's going to let that happen. As much respect as I know he has for Coach <laughs> Boyce, I don't think he's going to gift wrap and win number 600 of his career. Plenty of huge matchups, though, this Friday as we wrap up the regular season because it's almost postseason time, gentlemen, and I know you are as excited as I am for that one. We got postseason hockey already, right? So that is going to do it. All right, that's a wrap for us this week. Make sure you tune in right here next Wednesday at 4 p.m., February 28th on BCSN. Listen to our podcast over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. Or go to bcsnnation.com slash podcast. Follow the three of us you see up at the table. We got at Deion Thompson or at Thompson, Thompson Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu over on the gram. Yeah, yeah, Coach underscore Mike Rob on Twitter. Mike Rob or myself at Carnes Brandon. And make sure you follow at BCSN Sports anywhere you can hit the dang follow button. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.